Welcome to the Social Ideas Podcast, brought to you by the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation. This series looks through the lens of those striving for a better world. I'm Pam Mungru. Iwana Bellu is a student on our MST in Social Innovation programme. Dr Belinda Bell is the Programme Director for Cambridge Social Ventures. And together, they spent time last year mentoring young entrepreneurs from Gaza, who in turn have been supported by Gaza Sky Geeks. Iwana explained more about the work of the Tech Hub. I have uh, had a relationship with uh, Gaza Sky Geeks uh, for several years. Um, I initially met one of their um, students um, in, in the US as part of another a leadership project where I used to be a facilitator. So Gaza Sky Geeks is an organization supported by Mercy Corps. They are the only incubator accelerator coding academy, but really placed with full-time electricity and internet where young Gazans can actually come and innovate and learn how to code, uh, have access to remote jobs. So I've been trying to support them in every way that I could with connections, with employment, recommending some of their the Gazan coders to several of my connections in the United States to give them remote jobs. I myself have hired from you know, their ranks and being very familiar with their situation. And in my current association with Cambridge University, I decided that maybe we could give them the opportunity to have access to superior business training. And this is why I reached out to Belinda. These young folks were coming out of Gaza for the very first time in their lives. We don't know when, again, they would be able to, to go out of Gaza. And it was fundamental that we took advantage of, of this particular opportunity. And they were coming to Cairo for to attend the Rise Up Summit, which is a big um, startup um, summit. Um, in Cairo, it just so happens that I have a wide um, network um, of high-level contacts, and I was able to bring together some very successful entrepreneurs uh, and investors to, to meet with them as well for a half-day sort of mentorship investment day. And I wanted to do this in particular for them because there's not a lot of attention paid to the Gazans. And in organizing this event, I've, I've seen just how difficult it is to just get people to care for Gaza. Gaza is a very toxic term. We had two venue cancellations, last-minute cancellations, because um, even if the folks knew me, they told me that they were... Um, worried that our gathering might be perceived at some levels as a covert operation for either religious extremism um, or political extremism or anything of, of um, you know along those lines. Um, regardless of the fact that the entrepreneurs had already been part of a six-month accelerating program with Gaza Sky Geeks, and most of them were actually young women. Um, in the end, I was able to, to pull it off, but it's been very challenging, and, and really um, it showed me once again just how little um, effort people are um, willing to put in when it comes to helping the, the Gazans. So it made my... Um, it validated my, my efforts. Belinda, how were you involved in all of this? Well, together with my colleague Karen Anderson, we created a kind of two and a half day 
programme to try and further the uh, entrepreneur's understanding of businesses because they've been on for a few months in an accelerator program. Um, But, you know, there's only so much you can do in a few months. And, of course, the um, depth of business knowledge that's available to them in Gaza is is somewhat less than what we're used to here. So we were really taking their ideas that were ideas and products and trying to help them to think about how you could make that into a business rather than just the kind of initial idea. So helping to kind of embed the structures and the foundations which would theoretically enable them to grow. In practice, um, growth is really very difficult in that context um, because of, as Niwan has mentioned, the travel restrictions. Um, and so that's why a number of these businesses were essentially um, tech or, or web-enabled businesses. Although it's very interesting with the, uh, the tourism business uh, was uh, tapping into a, an extraordinarily large market, which I was completely unaware of, which is Arab tourists in other parts of the world. It's not Arab tourists to Gaza. So... You know, there are lots and lots and lots of Arab tourists who go to places and they've, they've started actually in Tunisia, but aren't able to get um, Arabic guides and so forth. So by providing the links between people who can do tourism um, support for Arabs traveling in other parts of the world, they seem to have tapped into a, a very significant market. But the other thing that we teach here on the Master's Program, of course, is that, you know, social is culturally constructed. One person considers a social good is not the same as what another person considers a social good. And in particular, in a cross-cultural context, that's the case. And we were keen to point out to the entrepreneurs right from the beginning that we are not familiar with their context in Gaza, but even more broadly, you know, across um, the Levant and the Maghreb. It's, this is not our, our specialist area, um, but there's enough underpinning things about how businesses need to run, you know, how you need to set them up, how you need to understand your finances and your governance structures and so forth, that we were able to um, apply those in this different context. It does lead me to a question, actually, which is that how then do the processes of an enterprise or a business in the Middle East differ to that of Western European business processes? So... You know, you still have to sell, sell something to somebody and, uh, and that's how business works. But um, one of the things when you sell something to somebody is that you get money in exchange. And uh, you may be unsurprised to discover that uh, actually opening bank accounts in Gaza is quite difficult. Transferring money is pretty difficult. So um, the partnerships that Gaza Sky Geeks have also um, in, in, through the Mercy Corps in the US also actually enable remittances of funds um, across borders, which is a genuinely difficult problem uh, and not one that our entrepreneurs here in, in Cambridge or in the UK suffer from. Um, it's also um, the stuff around corporate structuring. Um, the UK is one of the easiest places in the world to set up a company and from most of the rest of the world are staggered how easy it is to set up a company here. Now you can set up a company um, in Palestine and one of the entrepreneurs had already done so but the others were actually intending to set up companies that were based in the US partly because that may in the future enable them to raise investment. So if you're going to be getting in external equity investors, they're probably not going to come from Gaza and they're probably going to be familiar and comfortable with a US-based structure. Now, that's something that we wouldn't normally see at all. We would normally absolutely advocate that people have their businesses uh, registered and set up the place that they're operating. Um, But in this particular context, that turns out to be really hard. And it does mean that all of the businesses were, in fact, already trading and receiving revenues, but only one of them actually had a legal structure established, which we would never really see with serious entrepreneurs here in the UK. A precursor to starting your business would be to get your business legally set up, whereas these people are kind of doing it the other way around because that's the context in which they operate. I'm a firm believer that not only do we teach people 
but we learn from people. So you went out there to teach. What did you learn in return? So it was peculiar because of the restrictions that um, Iwana's referred to. Um, we weren't... Uh, you know, we, we were kind of con- not confined to a hotel, but we spend all our time with these people in a, hotel, in a hotel in Egypt. So we saw very little of the Egypt context and, of course, virtually none of the Gazan context. And so, uh, unfortunately, I haven't come away with an, uh, an in-depth understanding, as I might have liked, of what life is like on the ground there. One of the really noticeable things to me, though, uh, which isn't about Gaza, but about Egypt, was that the uh, high-level contacts, as Iwana referred to them, some of these um, entrepreneurs, investors, that were they were all male people from um, Egypt who came in to support the entrepreneurs, were remarkably different to their equivalents here in the UK, in that they were kind of nice to each other and not <laughs> arrogant and they were very genuine and warm and human in a way that that you you simply wouldn't get if you had senior level chief execs all in a room together in the UK so I was very struck by that but I believe it is the case that people say that the kind of male macho culture which obviously does exist in Egypt doesn't translate in quite the same way in how people engage with one another and that was really really struck me. Iwana what did you learn from this experience then? I um, was happy to see that both Belinda and Karen and uh, the, the mentors and investors who joined us, they were equally impressed with the caliber of entrepreneurs, um, of the entrepreneurs. I think that uh, people don't really know what to expect when it comes to Gaza. In organizing this, this exercise, if you want to call it that, um, I, I was wearing my extrapreneur hat. So basically everyone that was in the room was there because they, they trusted me and they knew me and didn't know much you know, in terms of what to expect. And I was really happy to be able to, to bring together some very valuable people. And I think that that's what constitutes at the end of the day the biggest uh, takeaway, the fact that now everyone has a much better understanding in Belinda's and in Karen's case of what a Gaza entrepreneur is like, what an investor and, and a mentor in Egypt is like, uh, and hopefully that will lead on their, um, their end to, to um, a desire to further explore the region and see how we can uh, achieve more of an impact as, as Cambridge, right? Because that was essential for me as I was actually applying to Cambridge um, and I, I hope to be here for for a very long time I have a, a big plans uh, this perception that I have that we need to take Cambridge out of Cambridge so an institution that has such a such wealth of knowledge uh, should be able to go to these remote regions to emerging markets and reach the very talented youth back there that really needs access but might have a hard time accessing this kind of superior knowledge if they have to come to the UK for that. Also on the side of the mentors and the investors, they all expressed to me how impressed they were with the entrepreneurs. They had no idea that this kind of training was happening in Gaza, that uh, an incubator and accelerator like, like Gaza SkyX existed. So it is the exposure that they got is very important for them. And as well, really, on just the entrepreneurs themselves, they were so grateful and so really surprised that, that someone would just go to, to lengths of, of doing this. And 
but for me, I can identify. I was raised in the 80s in Romania, which, which back then was like North Korea, and we were not allowed to leave the country. And I, I know what it's like to be young and to feel that, like no one is paying attention to you and you're stuck in an environment that you just can't get out of. Um, I was lucky. I was among the lucky ones to, to be able to develop a, a great career, and I really feel the need that I have to give back and, and pass this forward. So I think for me, the biggest lesson was um, that regardless how, uh, how difficult this is, it's always going to be difficult. The first step especially is always the most difficult one. I should certainly not stop and I should pursue this further because the results um, all around have been very good, um, especially in terms of perception um, and, and exposure. And I think that that's what we need more of in our world. We really need to um, we, we feel that we're so interconnected now due to the internet, but I think that's very far from the truth. We really need to, to put ourselves out there and we need to meet people face to face and we need to approach emerging markets um, also to get rid of our uh, Western biases, right? Mm. Both in terms of teaching methods in terms of in, and in terms of engagement, really. So that, that for me is, is the biggest takeaway that we need to pursue this, you know, uh, with, with everything we've got. And I think I can, I, I really back that up, that one of the things we care about here at the, at the Centre for Social Innovation is about how we can have more impact in the world, including amongst people who are not able to come here to Cambridge, right? Which is obviously not very many people can physically come here uh, from all over the world. And so we're challenged with how can we have more impact in the world whilst also avoiding a sort of um, neo-colonialist, you know, white person from England knows more about this than you do in your country approach. So we try to enter into these sorts of things with humility, but we're also really aware of the power of the of the kind of brand of the university. And as Iwana said, you know, these entrepreneurs were um, just the fact that we had gone there to do this for them was in itself kind of really symbolically important to them. So it's just a, it's a, just a challenging balance about retaining humility and learning, as you say, from the local context, whilst also acknowledging we do have something to add and to offer. That was Awana Bellu and Dr. Belinda Bell. Search online to find out more about Gaza Sky Geeks and the work they're doing in Palestine. You can find out more about the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation by following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn and YouTube.